The following Noble Path talk is part of an informal series offered to Sangha members over Zoom during monthly online meetings for those who've been practicing at the Zen Center of New York City, Fire Lotus Temple. Each Sangha member shares their experience of how they came to find the Dharma and how their practice has been developing. We hope you enjoy the diversity of voices and experiences. Thank you for listening. All right. So, uh, first of all, hi to everyone. Good evening. So good to see you. I mean, I see only uh, 12 of you, um, probably others on other pages, but not none seen by me. Um, and uh, that's so great that the temple is opening and so exciting. So, uh, yeah, this is wonderful. Um, I will give you a little bit of my background. It's a long story. I am not very young and I have a long past that I will try to uh, shrink in 15 minutes or 20 um, and um, with few significant stages, I think, or experiences which brought me to the path and that I want to include in it. My way to the Dharma had been um, with a lot of uh, ups and downs and moving around very sinuous, let's say, if we see a river and all demanders, and I feel that it had been a little bit like that. Uh, I was born in France during World War II, um, during the bombing of the city my parents were in. Uh, so every night my mother was going to the shelter with all the baby clothes and my two siblings. Uh, because I could be born uh, anytime. It did not really happen that way. I was, they rented a house outside of that city for a while, and I was born there, uh, just away from the bombing. The bombing happened because I was in the city of Michelin, and Michelin had all the factories there, and they were, were very vulnerable. Uh, so I was born at that time, and um, my uh, childhood was kind of easy, I must say, and except for the fact that uh, when I was maybe six, seven years old, uh, for the first time, I really encountered death, and I did not know what death was. Um, and it was the death of my cousin, Didier, who drowned in a lake during the summer vacation. And uh, that was really the first trauma uh, of my life. We were all the time together. We loved each other very much. We were the same age. And I remember, uh, you know, just trying uh, to be with him when they told me, you know, Didier will never come back, I was saying, oh, I, I, I have to be with him. And they were saying we were Catholic and all that. So he was in heaven. So I really wanted to go in heaven with him. So I, I remember, I mean, so vividly that I closed my eyes and 
I wanted to be dead with him. And I felt like a falling and a vertigo. And after that, a total quiet and no fear at all. I mean, it's just that it's my first really experience of death and what it meant to me at that moment. So as I said, I was raised Catholic and uh, I feared that God so much. I mean, I, I, you were telling me, you know, God is watching you, is seeing you all the time. And I was so scared to be punished, to wrongdoing and all that. And I was the wrongdoing. Uh, so uh, it was really a lot of fear and all that. At one point, you know, I went through all the routine of the uh, Catholic Church. And at one point, it was, it was time for my communion solennelle. I, I will inject a few uh, French words here and there because I don't even know sometimes the equivalent in English. So bear with me. Uh, enjoy the sound. Communion solennelle. And um, uh, we went in a retreat for one week in a covent with nuns. And I remember that was all introspection, you know, feel, find the good in yourself and act according to this good. And yeah, I was taken by that pretty much. And I had been very good. And I felt suddenly that this God that I feared so much was just over me, protecting me. And, um, and in, in a certain way, you know, I got scared. I, I got scared. I was saying to myself, oh, my God, if I am so good, maybe I will, I will want to be a nun, you know, and it just like suddenly, Woo, <laughs> what is that? You know, and I remember that also. So that's really two significant, I think, experiences in my youth with the Catholic Church and my kind of relationship with death. I did not last very long what I thought uh, was a kind of conversion because I, you know, I was 11 or 12 years old. I don't remember exactly the age and school took over and I was, you know, I met a lot of friends. Friends all the time had been crucial in my life. I mean, I all the time had been surrounded by people, friends, making friends all the time. So. Uh, I went to school, I got the traditional, classical, French upbringing in the, uh, what they were calling that classic, the classic uh, education, which was Latin, uh, literature, and at the end, uh, philosophy. So I was really taken by all that and very, very interested. I wrote a lot of diary, a lot of letters. I was constantly, constantly writing down things, probably to find out what, what all that was about. You know. So I had a lot of influence in my uh, thinking uh, by all that education, you know, I mean, uh, French does not, uh, did have at that time, very energetic philosophers. We had the Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was so many ideas 
uh, going around that it was even sometimes very confusing. You know, I was all the time wondering, but who, what school do I have to believe? Which way do I have to go? I mean, I, I was learning and I was interested, but in, at the same time, you know, it was uh, confusing, really. So um, at one point during all that and at the end, uh, when I was in college at that point, uh, my father decided to break up, break up uh, from my mother and to leave us. Uh, and when I say leave us, that was my mother and, and me. My uh, brother and my sisters were already married and established in their lives, but I was with my mother. So at that point, I just said, screw it. I mean, really, not in those terms, uh, but uh, I, I will, I, I get out of here. I am getting out of here. I, and I started to really wonder. Uh, I went to Paris for a while, and after that, after Paris experience and all that, uh, it's funny because, Diego, you went to Sciences Po in Paris, and my friends were in Sciences Po in Paris, so it's funny. Uh, so I, um, I left Paris, it was uh, in 68, and I left for Cannes. Uh, where I had a bunch of friends and, and here I got all my education on Marxism, Trotskyism, LSD, marijuana, all the gamut of all the experiences at that time. And a lot also in reference to the States because we were following the music. We were, I mean, the whole group I was in was involved with what was happening. We were uh, remaking the world. We were having discussions all night long. We were just like nonstop, uh, I don't know, living, we thought, uh, a little uh, blind to the rest of the world also and really rejecting all the society. I started to criticize my parents. I could not see their life anymore. I, I mean, it was just uh, not a good thing. And at one point I got even a little fed up with all that and thinking that it was not really living anywhere. Uh, that felt good for me. All the time influenced by my reading and all that, I uh, started with a little collection in French called Que Sage on Henry Miller. And I got totally, totally swallowed by his writings. I mean, not all his writing, but a lot of his writing on his travel, on his bohemian life, on his even accent on Zen and Zen Buddhism and uh, Eastern philosophy. And I just, I said, yes, this is the life I want to have. I want a bohemian life, but open and merry and bright. You know, that was his motto, always merry and bright. So I said, okay, so now I want that to happen. I will go to the States. I will learn the language, I will cross the Brooklyn Bridge, and I will read him in his language. 
I will learn English. I did not learn, uh, learn English then. I knew a few words here and there, but not much. So I came. I came and uh, I started to do a lot of things. I lived in the Lower East Side and I, uh, you know, I was very curious about New York, uh, the music scene, the museum scenes. I mean, everything was just uh, interesting. And I was writing a lot of letters over to my friends and family, you know, discovering the life and this and that. I mean, really, <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, it was no more drugs and, and things at that time. And I left that when I left Cannes. Uh, so uh, it was really discovering life and all that with a certain je ne sais quoi. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, by chance, because I mean, I, I all the time feel that things have happened to me a lot by chance, you know, I mean, maybe a little off, off center and off thing, but by chance. And some and I and I was picking up, you know, something which was good for me at that time. Not good for long, very often, but good for me at that time. And by chance I met uh, my now husband, Walter, and uh, we started a serious relationship. And at that time I knew that the quest, you know, for the boy, the ideal boyfriend, the ideal place, the ideal it, did it, did it, did it, stopped. And uh, I, uh, after a year, we had a son, my um, the love of my life, really. And uh, I devoted all my life at that point to um, Jonah and Walter and the friends that I had. I was in Brooklyn, you know, Walter lived in Brooklyn, in Park Slope, so I was there. And uh, we start, I mean, we lived that life. I started a career in knitwear design. I am a fanatic knitter. I knit, knit all the time. And uh, it worked out very well. I got published and all that. You know, I thought that I found the, the work of my life. It was very... A lot of work, not that much pay, but, I, you know, I enjoyed it very much. And that was that. But after a while, I mean, the relationship with my husband was a little tense, I must say. Uh, he was not the easiest person in the world I found to live with. And, uh, you know, it was a little like that. In fact, when I told him that I was uh, giving a little bit of talk about my discovery with the path, and I say, said, well, what will that be about? And I said, you know how I encountered the Dharma, how, and he says, well, I know, I know why you were looking for the Dharma. And he said, that's <laughs> me. I said, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, uh, <laughs> I started mm. to, uh, you know, to inquire, you know, I, I knew something had to happen in order to save, you know, that uh, relationship in order to, uh, to lead somewhere. You know, I had been kind of tired of changing boyfriends and, and people in my life saying all the time that, you know, that will be the one. That will. I said, no, no now Zabet, 
uh, stop it. You know, you, you have to make this work. And we had long discussions with Walter also. I mean, you know, he did not want that to stop. I did not really want that to stop. I had a son now and he was really part of the things. So that was not just me, uh, you know, flying away. So, um, so at one point, I uh, obviously grabbed the book on medication, meditation, medication. Yeah, in fact, that was the medication, uh, and meditation. And I, uh, and one summer, I went back to France. I, we were going every summer, and um, a friend of mine, Tanya, who lived in Cannes, and I was going back to Cannes, uh, and a part of my group before, already encountered Zen. And uh, I talked to her and she says, oh, come, come with me tonight. I have Zazen with my teacher and all that. So I went there and it was, I mean, the experience really of sitting that night was great. You know, that was Antibes, the beautiful, I mean, it was just magical. So I, I met her teacher the day after and the teacher said, you know what, when you are in New York, look for a center. You need a teacher, you need to find a center, do something like that. So I came back to New York and, you know, Rami uh, found a mountain record in the garbage, but I found the yellow pages <laughs> at the time. Nobody knows what a yellow page is anymore, but I just put that out and I saw Fire Lotus Center, Manhattan. Perfect. I did, I did not look further. I just headed there and I did not know, you know, I just, uh, I went, that was 23rd Street and it was the box in front of the door. And I put my name and my uh, telephone number at that point and put it in the box and I waited. You know, they said, you know, when you are ready, the teacher will appear. And I was here waiting. <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand anything about Zen and all that. I just knew how to sit. And uh, so uh, I was waiting. In the meantime, but I have to show, because I was all the time traveling for with those little mm -hmm. books. Zen, you know, those two little books, they were my companions. They were all the time in my bag. I was taking the ferry. I was taking the, because we moved to Staten Island, the ferry. I was taking, uh, and, and I all the time have them with me. They are so, so precious. And so I, at one point, I heard from the center and telling me beginning instructions on Sundays, like uh, every time. And I went and I met Miyotai. And there I, uh, I just melted and fell in love. Miyotai uh, gave the talk and I fell in love with her. Uh, it, you know, it, it was just absolutely, I it was wonderful. So then progressively, all people from the monastery were coming. So I met Shugan, I met Hojin, I met the monastics, really. Hogan was also a big presence at that moment. And when we moved, so I started to sit and all that, put my, but really, to the toes. I was, I was really interested, but I, I, I knew also 
that it will take time for my family and all that to allow me to become a student, to become, I mean, I knew it was that, that the path, but uh, I knew also that it will take time for me uh, to come to what I wished, uh, what I wished to, uh, to come to. So, but when we moved to the temple in Brooklyn, I got even more and more involved. It was a renovation. The whole monastery was coming down. Miyotai was saying, no sitting, no sitting, only renovating. You know, we, we were not allowed to do anything. And I had that sense, you know, yes, you know, of belonging to find, to find finally, you know, something in accordance to what I was looking for. And it started and um, I went more and more and really get more and more, uh, more and more involved and also feeling this urge to, to help, to, to serve, to, to be there, to be with people, to, and to learn. I mean, what all that Zen and Dharma mm. and everything was about. So I became, that really became my religion at that time. I mean, I, I did not know at all when all that started, really, uh, what it was getting me in. And I started uh, retreats to sit more and more and wholeheartedly, really. I, I remember hearing Daido, you know, when I heard him saying, you know, um, Zazen and the still point is to, to this, uh, what he was saying, uh, to discover the, the wisdom with no teacher the wisdom that you were born with. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, all, all that. And I said, yes, I, I, I want to be uh, living, you know, giving life to that wisdom, you know, mm. because, and I know that it was pile and pile and pile of ideas and, uh, and everything you know I, I took for real all the conditioning in my life so I had a lot of work to do I have a lot of work to do I cannot talk in the past for this one and and you know starting grinding down you know I, I remember uh, reading the, the cultivating the empty field mm -hmm. and at one point you know uh, I think she was uh, was saying you have to grind down all the conditioning, you know, and mm. and open the door of your your infinite true nature. And I was here, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear that, I hear that. I want, I want that to happen, you know. So, um, so that was that was that. I mean, after that, you know, the, it's a real history, and and just I, I, I love, I love all all the teachers. I, I am eager to see them all, to talk to them all, to to go. I mean, I, I had Miyotai, then after that Daido Roshi, then after that Shugen Roshi, uh, Sensei then. 
I was seeing everywhere, everyone after Hojin, Hogan. I mean, I all the time felt that, yes, I mean, it is one Dharma, but every teacher has a, a, a way to, uh, to, to uh, demonstrate something, has a, a story to tell. And I was just hungry, and I think it's... Uh, the good desire there. And, you know, I was all the time also interested in the arts and with this Henry Miller episode in my life, he was doing a lot of watercolors all the time and I was doing watercolors and the fact that, which I mean, but free spontaneous, you know, I have no training in art. I just, you know, just take the brush and go. And um, and Hojin was giving all her classes at the temple you know, I, I did not want to miss one of them, you know, and all the, you know, the, the eight gates were just what I, you know, I mean, just all what I needed and, and really all what I needed, all what I needed. I didn't, I never looked anywhere else. I mean, now I, I'm glad that we open up to other traditions and it makes me uh, in in the Zen, in the in Buddhism, and it makes me the fact that I had this training. It makes me more open to it now. You know, in one sense, I can receive it. You know, without saying, "Oh, I will become a Tibetan Buddhist." Oh, I will. No, you know, I I know uh, that I am well here, but very open and interested by what other tradition have to bring. So this is my story, and uh, I think it's 15 minutes, and I probably went overboard. So um, that's it. Thank you, everyone, to listen to me. And uh, I am so honored and grateful and everything to be with such noble friends. No doubt about that. Bye. Thanks for listening. Did you know that Zen Mountain Monastery is live streaming all Dharma talks and daily Zazen during the coronavirus quarantine? Visit our website to learn about all the online programs being offered at this time. Just go to zmm.org and click on the link at the very top of the page, or scroll down and click on Retreats.